Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. That's Brad Everett from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Trust you've been enjoying the 50 most relevant. A couple of podcasts already through, as uh, a couple of the episodes uh, of the articles that you can go and check out at coachespanel.tv. Isn't the number 48 of the 50 most relevant today? And, and I'll be honest, when I started crafting this list, this player was considerably higher than where he finds himself today. And we'll talk through exactly why he has plummeted down the rankings, albeit about 20 spots, uh, in the preseason, helping me to talk about Joe Danaher. I've got Jimmy. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. Good to be back. Mate, now we're going to talk about Big Joseph Danaher, and there is some huge relevancy when it comes to Joe. For a key position forward, he's starting to really enter right in to that prime of his footballing career, just 24 years old. And despite having some pretty decent uh, injury concerns to kind of navigate through, and again, we'll talk about that in a moment, he still managed to pump out a, a couple of decent scores for us last year. His biggest score last year in AFL Fantasy was 104th against uh, the Magpies. I believe that was on uh, on Anzac Day. Uh, and then in uh, Supercoach, it was a 93 uh, against Port Adelaide. His average last year for Fantasy and Dream Team, just a touch over 63, while he didn't even get quite to that in Supercoach. Priced around about 555000 60000 in Fantasy, just a, a touch over 400000 in Dream Team. And then the format, he really does present some ripping value for us. Supercoach, 260900 And, mate, when we were kind of entering into the 2018 season, Supercoach players and probably even Essendon fans were really salivating at the possibility of what Joe Danaher was going to bring to the football field, and with fair enough reason too. You know, the five years leading into it, you could start to see him building into the games. You could start to see him consistently, you know, not just for moments or for quarters or for even a couple of weeks, but start to consistently be that forward 50 presence they needed. But then it just didn't quite work out for Joe the way that people were hoping for. No, not quite. It's um, 2018, a bit of a season to forget for him. But, um, gee, I tell you what, having him um, offering most value in the format where I think he's going to have his best scoring is uh, a very, very tasty thing indeed. Look, it's normally not the case, is it? When we get these guys that present some massive value, it's like, well, you know, yeah, they're super coach relevant, but, you know, we'll be all right. We can get them in the other formats as well. Um, But that is Mm. not always the case um, but it is in this case when it comes to Joe Danaher we're seeing him develop consistently into a player look back at a, the seasons prior for example like his 2017 numbers confirm that he's starting to build for Supercoach it was his best ever year average of 86 um, that's a jump of around about 20 points from his season the year before nine times he scored 90 plus six of those were hundreds uh, including probably his best game that year was a 124 against the Eagles where he kicked five goals. For Dream Team and Fantasy coaches, um, he jumped up his average to 85 that season. Um, that included 11 scores over 90. Uh, six of those were tons. Now, I know for a key position forward to 
kind of impact the game in a big way. They they certainly do need to kick bags of goals. But again, just looking at 2017, from his 22 games, he kicked three goals or more in 14 matches. So we're seeing him start to consistently enter into the game. Yeah, absolutely. And and you look at um, that midfield that Essendon have got now too, um, especially bringing Dylan Shirley, and you think... Um, he's going to get a, a little more supply than he's had before and, and probably a better quality of supply as well. Um, you know, uh, Shiel and Devon and uh, the other younger mids developing around him, um, there's, a, there's a bit to like there, I think. Oh, I think there's plenty to like. And I do want to talk about that midfield in, in just a moment. I think you've alluded to it already, Jimmy, and that is the fact that there is silver lining for coaches. Maybe you got hurt and burnt by jumping on him in 2018. The fact is, it is a new year, which is very good news for, for maybe for you in a whole different realm of life. But the positive for coaches is he's priced with a discount because he just played the seven games. And that's already on an average where he's somewhere between 20 to 30 points below his average of the year prior. Now, it's most noticeable in Supercoach and Dream Team, more so than AFL Fantasy. But if Joe can get himself fully fit and firing this preseason, and that's the big question which I want to talk about in a moment, I struggle to see a world where he doesn't go back to those kind of mid-80s averages. And that could go even more because you mentioned that Essendon midfield, it can only improve with the inclusion of Dylan Shield. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the question then that we've got to ask is at what point does that average um, or that expected average that we think we're going to get out of him make him worthwhile? Um, I think in Supercoach, if you're picking him that cheaply, he doesn't need to become a keeper. No. Um, not by any stretch. Um, in Dream Team, does it? Is there enough meat on the bone compared to some other options? Uh, I don't know. I'd be interested in your thoughts, MJ. Yeah, I, I think that the the two, the one. Let, let's run the gauntlet here for, for a moment. Yeah. The big question mark is is around his fitness. Cal Toomey at AFL mm-hmm. um, wrote an article, you know, a couple of weeks ago, basically suggesting that he was no lock for round one. That's the big concern. Um, and I want to yeah. talk about his relevance if he's not fit round one in a moment. So I think. If he's fit round one, gets through some JLT, shows that he's moving freely and that, that groin injury is no longer plaguing him, I think in Supercoach, he is what has to be one of the 10 most selected players in that format. Dream Team, different story, and Fantasy, even more so. I'm not as convinced in Fantasy there's enough fat on the bone, as you've said, to go and pick him. Whereas in Dream Team... He's going to verge right on that edge, in my mind, of pushing that top 10 to 15. Now, is that enough in terms of an average? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so, actually. But yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I tend, tend to agree. And I think if, um, if you're picking him in, in Dream Team, if you're, if you're banking on him becoming a, a top 5 or top 10 forward, then uh, good luck to you. And look, there's every chance he could yeah. do it. He's certainly got the talent, as, as we said before. Um, and, and he'll have the supply to, to kick the goals that he needs to get those scores. So that's, um, yeah, that, that, that is definitely something. Um, at that price, at, at 411, it, it's a little on the upper end of where I like my mid prices personally. Yeah, it is. And he's not someone you're going to trade in, and, unless it's super coach. So that's the caveat here. Because he's under 300,000 there, you, you really, he's yeah. 
he's in the territory of a cash cow, really. Um, whereas the other formats, you're not going to trade him in mid-season. Maybe in AFL fantasy, if there's a, you know, he comes in, he's got a good fixture, good matchups, you know, shows some form, then sure. But um, the yeah. reason you're going for him in season is super coach, or, or you think you've got the confidence that he's going to push that top 10. Mm. Uh, and yeah. I, like, sorry, man, you, but you look at the numbers of the names that are, we've got in our forward line. Dangerfield, Heaney, Dunkley, McLean, Smith, Menegola, and Buddy. You could build a pretty strong case that they're your top kind of bunch. Maybe some question marks on some of them, and maybe we'll chat about some of them, you know, over the next couple of weeks and months. But then you've got guys like Billings, Hogan, Tim Kelly, Chad Wingard. Um, all could build a case that all these names are top 10 guys across all the formats. And when I start to look at Joe again, thinking about trading him in, in mid-season, which means after round one, I just don't think you're going to get the value for scores that you potentially could. Now, it's different if you're starting with him and he's fit, but trading him in, I'm not so sure it's the way to go. Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right there, and uh, it very much becomes a a huge preseason watch on him. Um, how does he look when he runs in JLT, if he plays JLT? And, uh, yeah, does he get picked for round one? That's a... Uh, going to be a big thing and the and the fun part about that and especially in a a super coach format where he is that cheap if you're building your preseason team around him and and banking on the fact you're going to have him sitting there at uh, your f5 or, or thereabouts and suddenly we get to round one and he's not picked are you going to be able to shuffle someone else into your team or do you need to completely restructure that forward line to make two players fit instead of one and that's one of those great challenges and things we get to discuss a, a whole heap here at the Coaches Panel, whether it be through podcasts like this or the articles at coachespanel.tv, is when you've got this one player that you're kind of building a, a line around and all of a sudden they're no longer eligible for your starting squad, it can have so many different domino effects that impact your side because if you nail your round one side, great, that's awesome, fantastic. Um it is the trades that you make during the year that will define your success. No mistake about it. But you do need to, when you have these mid-price guys, and again, stretching it in Supercoach, he's probably closer on a cash cow. But in the other formats, what are your backup plans and strategies if Joe isn't fit? If Joe doesn't get up and running? Because like I said, if he was managing to get through this whole preseason and looking really locked and loaded for round one, I had him considerably higher on the 50 most relevant. But the fact that he's not even, you know, in early December, they're going, eh, maybe, maybe not. He's really slid down from it. Huge value, especially in Supercoach. Potential to push the top 10 to 15 forward, you know, in Dream Team and Fantasy, no question marks. But the big question mark about whether or not he's going to be right for round one, then I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's... uh Big preseason ahead, eh? Yeah, look, it certainly is. To trade him into your side in the season means you see him as an upgrade um, in, in Dream Team and Fantasy. And I'm just, I think I have more faith riding him like a breakout or a stepping stone than doing that. Doesn't mean it's the wrong move, but I've got more confidence in that. Um, yep. man, I just don't know. I think he's relevant. I think he is a super coach player. You, you, you want Joe in your side if he's fit at some point in the year. You're going to get Joe Danaher in your side at some point this year. The other formats, watch, see, and who knows what it is. This is the big one for me, Jimmy. 
is where does he go in drafts? And we're going to talk about every single player at the coaches panel that we do these 50 most relevance. We'll talk about where they could or should go in a draft. And for me, on potential, he could be your F2 because he can go 90 plus. But I wouldn't want to be drafting him that high. I'd even feel a little bit hesitant knowing what I know about where his preseason is at. I'd feel hesitant picking him at F3, which I know depends on the draft size and squads and coaches in the league and things like that. But that's probably a pick somewhere in that 11, 12, 13 round range, you know, for for an average sort of thing. Uh, I'll put it this way. There is no way you should be picking Joe Danaher inside the top 100 um, sort of players. No, certainly not. No, no, no. It is, you know, it's... Um, no, I think the only way you end up with him at F2, um, you know, if he, going into round one, is if you decide to go really heavy on the other three lines first. Yeah and try and hunt value in your forward line. And, and that's going to be an interesting thing for coaches to look at over the preseason. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting plenty about that. Is that draft strategy? And you know, do you pick evenly across the lines? Do you go heavy on mids or heavy on defenders or heavy on forwards early? Or, um, and when do you take a ruck? And, and a player like Joe is a, uh, a good value option to try and sneak later if he's the sort of player you need there. I think generally someone's probably going to pick him a little earlier than they should. Yeah. Um, but if he's there and late, he's a, a very handy option to sneak in as your, your F2 if um, you've gone hard with your your forwards and mids um, and, and a buck or two in the, the first 10 to 15 rounds. Yeah, I think so. When we're talking keeper leagues, though, for me it's a different story. Here's the thing with Joe. You know, early 20s, he'll always be a forward. He's shown he can push that high 80s average already. Uh, gosh, it's always hard to rank people in terms of where they should go in, in a new keeper league. And he'd, you'd get him later than this, but he's a top 50 to top 70 pick for me. If I was in a brand new keeper league and it was based on my kind of potential output... I'd more than happily jump on Joe in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. No problem at all. It's early because you'll get him later because people yep. look at his average this year and all the factors. Even the most keen Essendon supporter wouldn't jump on him that early. But that's no, where I'd rank him. Yeah, okay. No, I'd... Um... I like him. I'm, I wouldn't be quite as bullish. Um, he's he's very handy because you know he's always going to have forward status, and a lot of your your other high scoring forwards tend to be midfielders by nature, which um, means it's touch and go year on year, whether they do or don't. And um, you know, it's you know, I think they're just flipping coins up at Champion Data these days on some of those things. And it, um, yeah, that so he's definitely got value from that point of view. Um, he is only twenty four, which is good. You know, you're getting a uh, assuming his body holds up, you're yeah. getting a, a fair a fair career out of him. But jeez, uh, well, first first five to seven rounds is a, a touch early for mine. I think I, I, that's what I mean. I wouldn't draft him, but that's where I no. rate him. Yeah, um, I I think you'd comfortably get him after the opening ten rounds, maybe even into, yeah. into a similar position where you'll get him in a seasonal draft, just because mm-hmm. of the past twelve months he's had and the concerns over his body. But on potential, that's yeah. how high I've got him. Hey man, appreciate yeah. your thoughts today on Joey Danaher, though. No worries, mate. Pleasure. Uh, of course, if you want to go and check out the article uh, for him or any of the other players in the 50 Most Relevant, it is up there for you now at coachespanel.tv. You can keep getting this podcast uh, via 
a heap of different places. Spotify, you can grab it. iTunes, uh, you can even check it out at coachespanel.tv. And a massive thanks to Burn, one of our Patreon members. Thank you so much for your support of the Coaches Panel. If you want to join Burn, all the details and links for joining our Patreon and supporting the Coaches Panel are at our website, coachespanel.tv. A handful of players almost we've gone through in the 50 most relevant. And tomorrow's, all I'll say is you've got to check the clue at 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time on Facebook. I begrudgingly put this player into the 50. I didn't want to. I'm still questioning it. But you'll find out about who it is tomorrow.